G'day guys, Clint here from WaterPro, recording episode 42 of The Full Landscape. I'm here with Belinda Seddon from Urbans. You may remember them as Urban Virons Group. We are here to talk about her career, her move from South Africa to Australia, um, and her climb in the Urban Virons Group, or Urbans, to the now CEO position, and all the things along the way. Um, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this one. Got any questions at all? Stick them in the comments afterwards, and we will be sure to get in touch. Thank you. Um, thanks for coming in. Uh, if you can just give us a bit of an introduction uh, to you, mm -hmm. um, obviously the podcast is going to be a lot about you and in the industry, but a bit of a background around as far back as you want to go and, and what got you to being now the CEO of Urbans. Mm, sure. Uh, so, uh, born and bred in South, Af South Africa, um, moved to Australia in 2006, um, so been here just, just on 15 years now. Um, and Urban's was, Urban Byron's at that time, um, was the first company that I joined. Um, I come from a, a finance background, so back in South Africa we actually had a family business. Um, so I left school, did my uni, focused on accounting, uh, got a job. Um, and shortly after that, um, my dad actually passed away. My mum was left um, with the business, and so I had, to, I had to step in and help her run the family business. So we uh, did supply of um, gas and welding supplies. Yep. And basically worked in that business with my mum for 18, or, uh, eight years, um, or close to 10. I decided then to make the move um, and immigrate across to Australia. Um, my first job, as I said, was with, with Urban Byrons. Um, joined as the general manager of finance and worked in that role until about 2014. Yep. Um, Leon Whitehead at that time was the uh, CEO and director of the company um, and was wanting to sort of make a transition to retirement. And um, so I stepped into the acting CEO, CEO role in 2014. Acting CEO. Acting CEO at that stage, yeah. Yep. Um, and, and basically, you know, I guess it was just a bit of a, a period for, for Leon to assess whether um, it was going to work, whether yep. it was the, the right um, role for me. Um, and yeah, you know, I was in that role for about six months and then transitioned into the full CEO role. And he had a good enough relationship with you that you could have had a conversation and he could have gone, look, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in the initial stage, stages, um, when he said, right, you're now the CEO, uh, no longer the finance manager, I'll keep my office in the corner yep. and we'll see how it goes. And uh, three months afterwards, he came to me, we sat down, we had a, had a chat and he said, how's it all going? And I said, it's not. Yep. Um, he, said, he said, well, I'm glad you say that because I've noticed that too. With him still being in the business, sitting in the business, um, yep. it was really, really hard for the staff um, yep. to, to make that transition themselves. They still yep. reverted yep. Um, you know, to Leon as the CEO. So he basically, um, that, that same week, uh, packed up his office and he said, I'm working from home from now on, I'm there if you need me, yeah. um, but you need to take the reins, uh, yeah. which is what happened. Uh, and look, we, 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 yes, we did. We had a great relationship. Um, you know, I was his, I was his 2RC um, all along. We, we, we um, always had a, got on really well. And, you know, through my time um, being the, the finance manager, got to know the business really well. You know, we've had some ups and downs, and um, as most businesses do. Um, but really, um, you know, got to the point where I needed something more than simply just doing the finances. You know, I'd come from back in South Africa, a general manager role running running the the company business. So I needed more than just simply the finances. So you did an, a CPA. I did. Well, actually, um, so I did my studies in South Africa. Coming over to Australia, though, they didn't ex 
I, I had to do um, Australian taxation, Australian law again, and I had to actually redo the CPA in Australia, so I did. So my first couple of years in Australia were new job, new country, and um, doing some study at the time. Did your mum come as well? She did, Oh, yes. that's good. Yeah. So, you had so she came out yeah, yeah. with me. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. The, um, what was your re reason behind having the CPA? Because obviously you wouldn't have needed it in that role. Was it just a, something you had to get? I, I think, you know, um, it, it, uh, very quickly built a, a good relationship with the external accountant, yeah. um, the KMT partners, um, and, and he's a CA, um, but, and he sort of suggested that it's probably something that would be good for me. Um, yeah. And as the business grows, to have that um, CPA yeah. um, working in the business. Uh, and so, I, you know, I decided, well, you know, it's a good opportunity to learn some more about the Australian um, yeah. accounting rules, because they are different. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, just it was a, it was a good opportunity because I had, you know I'd done my studies, worked in South Africa, and hadn't hadn't done much professional development in the, in the sense of studies in yep. South Africa. So I, it was timely to come back, you know, to come across and do some of that. And that, do you still have the same external accountant? Like he's we do. Yeah, yep. So he's he's grown with the grown with the business. He's he's part of our business yep. and has been for, I think I th he he. he he was. He became the external accountant of Urban's about two or three years prior to me joining, yep. um, and has yeah, got been with us all through. Yeah. I um, used to have this theory that you should, I guess, almost re-interview and re-look at your accountant every yeah. three or four years and make yeah. sure that the one that you've got is the right one for your business. Sure. I think at some point you understand that you know enough about business that the one you know that the one you've got is the right yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've fallen into that place now, but I think for some early stage businesses. The only accountant you've got is the one you can afford at the yeah, time, and yeah, absolutely. as you grow, you might not move up with the accounting mm, level. Would mm. you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And look, the the role of of the external accountant has changed over the years. You know, in the past, it was uh, merely a compliance thing. You yep. needed an accountant to do your best, to do all of your statutory returns. Yep. Um, but now, more so than ever, your accountant is more like an advisor and, yep. a, and, 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 a, and a business partner. And yep. you've really got to have somebody that you feel comfortable with, that you trust 100%. Yep. Um, because at the end of the day, they're going to provide you with advice and you're going to make decisions based on that. Yeah, that, I think that's fair. I think, with, especially with the introduction of software platforms like Xero, where everything's taken care of. Mm. Um, I think there's going to be accounting firms that if they don't pivot without using, there's no other word, if they don't pivot to kind of match that advisory model rather yeah. than the tax accountant model, then they're just going to get smaller and smaller because sure. there's, no, there's no chargeable hours. No, exactly. So they right. have to have something. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so you maintain the CP, you'll just maintain the CPA? That's yeah, yes, yeah, so I just, uh, there's a requirement just to do the CPD, you know, hours on an annual basis, which, which I will continue to do. Yep. Uh, we actually now employ, um, within our organisation, as we've grown, um, and I stepped out of that role, we, we employ a, an internal CPA, yep. um, and we've got another, um, one of our um, accounts receivable accountants um, is, is, is actually completed his degree and he's in the process of um, doing his CPA and I've actually acted as a, ment as a mentor for both of them through that CPA. So process. internally now, so you're, you've gone from, um, what did you call the role, general manager of finance? Yep. How big was that department? So it was myself and two assistants yep. at the time um, and, and so We've basically got uh, an accountant, uh, an accounts receivable who does a lot of our collections, invoicing, yep. um, and then we've got a mornings only that assists both of them with accounts payable and whatever. And does payroll fall into the Yeah, payroll. The, so the accountant actually looks after the payroll. Yep. And they're both accountants? 
Uh, yes, they are. Wow, that's pretty. That's yeah. heavy. It is heavy, yeah. Uh, look, when I say accountants, um, Denny, who's uh, he, he does our accounts receivable, yep. he, he, he's, he's got his degree. Yeah. Um, and so we actually call him our accounts receivable accountant. Yep. Um, so, but Jean uh, looks after all the payroll yep. and the, all the other statutory um, things. And then yeah. I, whilst I, I'm, look, I've got a passion for finance, it's, yep. it, you'll, I'll never get rid of it. Yep. And whilst I, I, you know, I am the CEO, I've always do have that, um, I'll never be able to switch off from accounts. No, so I get that. Whilst I have never replaced myself with an actual finance manager as yep. such, um, I still do a bit of that role as well. Yep. But moving forward, um, you know, we have discussed it that it's that it's probably, you know, in the next sort of um, six to twelve months will be something that um, that I'll have to look at yep. um, as we continue to grow. Uh, actually, getting a, a, you know a finance manager in in, in that, sitting in that role in yeah. that seat. Yeah. It's something I'm actually recruiting now. So I've, I'm two, I've interviewed two, I've got two more in our, in our first ever accountant role. And I think mm. it's something I never thought about. And I guess I'd, I'm interested to know your opinion. At what point in turnover do you think that a business could financially warrant having an accountant as the head of their um, administration yeah. rather than uh, an admin manager that's basically got good bookkeeping experience yeah, but doesn't sure. have the degree. Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah. Um, look, I, I guess a similar thing happened with Verb Environs um, up until the time that I actually joined the company in two, 2006. Um, they were turning over between sort of five and six million dollars and did not have an accountant. Um, and I think that is the for, for, for Urban Environs, that yeah. was the, the level where they thought, you know, we're not. They were using the external accountant to provide all the reports, um, doing a bit of you know the cash flow yep. projections and things like that. And I think, um, that, and that's a part-time role. Yep. When you're getting into the five million plus turnover yep. um, a year, I think it, you, you need to have somebody sitting in the seat, yep. um, managing those finances for you. You know, yeah. as you know, a big thing a big thing in any business is um, is is cash flow. Mm. Um, so you can be profitable and, that, and that's great, but you've got to have somebody there that's hands-on that can actually manage the flow of cash and making sure that you've got sufficient cash. Yeah, they you know, can forecast. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the budgets as well. You know, I think it's really important um, to do those budgets and to actually track and see how you're traveling against yep. those budgets. If you haven't got a target yep. or something to work towards, um, you're just flying blind, really. You're preaching. I talk about this all the time. Like we're I, I run an elastic budget, so it's always changing because we're a fast growth business. So mm. I'm kind of like increasing turnover and then sticking more stuff underneath. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to do some content on budgeting for small businesses because I don't think anyone understands how mm. simple, how easy it really is. And yeah. if you can just do some stuff. And I'm working with some businesses that don't even have, they haven't had budgets for seven years. I'm like, how yeah. do you know? Where are you going? Where are you going? Yeah. But um, I have this... Uh, it, I guess there's this general chatter of like you don't want your accountant running your business. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Obviously, you are your accountant running your business. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I'm a salesperson, yeah. so you're an accountant. I think sales rules the world. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I always lean towards supporting my sales team. If there's an argument between an accounts department and a sales department, yeah. or in a purchasing department and a sales department, sure. I'm like salespeople are right, and it's not always the case, but. Um, Obviously, I'd be keen to understand your your position on why an accountant is the best CEO, mm -hmm. not necessarily just you, versus say 
the salesperson that's climbed through the general management into the human, like, what do you see as the difference and what's, what works? Look, yeah, look, for, for me, um, I, I don't necessarily think that the accountant is necessarily, is the best CEO. It's yeah. just, that's just the way it's that happened, happened that, with yeah. Urban's. I think what's really, really key for any business is um, getting a good mix in your team of different personalities yep. and uh, people that have different outlooks on business and what's important in business. Uh, you know, for me, um, Alan Patton is um, my director of operations, yep. and he is very much focused on sales and marketing, and um, you know, excellent customer service, and that's really, really key. So, having that person, whereas I, I agree with with all of that, but I do sometimes have a more conservative view on yep. business as yep. as an accountant. Yep. So, I think having that good mix um, in your senior management is absolutely vital yep. in driving growth growth in the business. So it's got to be it's got to be growth but it's got to be sustainable growth. And I think I bring the sustainable to it. Yep. Um, and because otherwise, you know, people would just continue running and running and running. Yeah. And sometimes it's got to be a point in time where I say, okay, you know, just we just need to hold back for a bit. Yeah. Let's just consolidate and, and, and then we can move forward. It's that conscience I talked about it with someone the other day, like they they kind of asked why I needed that that role because we're trying to hire that role. I said it's having it's like when you're driving a car really fast. It's that conscience telling you that your car's now wobbling a bit, yep. and just to take your foot off the accelerator sure. and how comfortable you are at 180 over 220. And yeah. not that I've ever done that, um, but you're having that because I'm growth driven. That's all mm. I care about. So it's a bit, for me, it's about having a babysitter there to make sure that, sure. like, to really protect me from doing stupid things. So, um, do you write the budgets? with the owner now or are you at a point where he's just like I don't want to like this is yours you just tell me what's yeah. going on yeah look Leon Leon doesn't take he's not he's not actively involved in running the business yeah. so um, he he takes on more more of a, a board member type role yeah. um, in an advisory capacity so yeah. um, he, he doesn't come he doesn't come to the business at all we I'll catch up with him regularly yeah. um, and, he, and he does a bit of so he's, he's a great mentor for me yeah. um, but he also uh, brings a lot of he does a lot of research um, background research that sometimes we don't necessarily have enough time to do so he's and very he very yeah oh, absolutely um, so that's so he does but he doesn't get involved in the day-to-day -day running so no he doesn't do the budgets um, yeah. obviously we'll we do the budgets um, work really closely with the operations team and the director of operations in setting those budgets yeah. Um, and, and we're very much about growth as well. Yep. Um, you know, that, that's our, our aim. Um, you know, we, we, we want to grow by 20 to 25% year on year for the next... Gazelle. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, and, and so... For how long? Until, it, until you die. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you've got to have a growth mindset. I, I, if you're not, yeah. I think if you're stable, you're not. If, you, if, you are con, if you're consistent, you're going backwards. Mm. Like, yeah. I mean, you can't grow at CPI. Like, no, no, it just, no. I, for me, it, I, ugh, even 20% yeah. makes me feel uncomfortable. But... I actually did a video for the team this morning because I, I do videos and send them out to the team because it's the best way for me to communicate. I'm not mm. a typer. And I said, like, I acknowledge that with the lack of um, policy and procedure, we're at 10 mil, 11 mil now. So, and I don't have any policies and procedures, job descriptions, like, it's very loose. Um, so I acknowledge they can't grow more than that. Like, yep. it's just too hard to yeah, grow 40%. Yep. So, and when your GP isn't 40%, you can't grow 40% without external investment, which oh, I'm not comfortable with. Yeah. So I'm just going, well, that's what it is. But um, so you'll, the ideal world, last year's turnover hit budget plus 25%. Can we do it, kids? 
Yes, we can. Yeah. All right, there's your yeah. budget. Yeah. And that's been, that's been the plan. Um, you know, over the years we've had to diversify. Yep. Um, you know, when I when I joined Urban Vines, it's a very different company to what it is today. Yep. Um, you know, our our core um, was weed management and horticultural maintenance, mm -hmm. um, and we did a bit of tree work and a, you know a bit of landscaping, but that was not our core. And over the years, um, you know, given where the industry is going, um, and also from a risk perspective. We've had to diversify, you know, diversify not only our service offering, uh, but also the the, the the clients and the customers that we're working with. Yep. I think, and I'm having the same issue now, like Waterpro is kind of getting very pointed towards its end of market share for its chosen markets and the chosen customers. And I think without diversifying, if you want to grow 25%, there's only so much more you can do. Like, mm. you, you're only in South Australia? Yes, we are currently. currently. Yeah. Yep. I like the currently bit. Mm. Um, there's only so much you can do. Like, mm. if if all the all the councils have got their chosen weed sprayer contracts and they're done, and then you've got only so much money being spent in parks and gardens, well, that's done. All right. So then now civil. Okay. Well, we've got some opportunity there. So, sure. I guess that probably rolls um, me into the rebrand. Obviously, it's what triggered me to contact to reach out. Um, Urban Virons is now Urban's. Um, anyone that's across the market seen the, the logo changes and it's quite prominent and you, mm. I mean I see it all the time because your vehicles are so close yeah. like when I'm driving to work I'm seeing trucks going you know with arboriculture and um, landscape and it's sure. all there um, I, I get from a business owner standpoint I understand that a rebrand's not just sticking a new logo on it unless it's A and Z that probably was but um, talk to me about the underlying reason behind the rebranding and what it yeah. means for the company. Yeah. I mean, the underlying reason was really about clarification for us. Um, Internally or externally? Both. Yep. Both. Um, both for our staff and for our, our customers and the broader you know, stakeholders. Yep. Um, you know, with, with a business that's 40 years old, um, people tend to see the urban slogan and think, oh, that's urban, so do we, like I said, weed yeah. management and horticultural maintenance. And that, that, that for a long, long time was what people, you know, how people saw urbans. But we did a hell, hell, of, a, hell of a lot more. I mean, back, going back to, you know, 2014 was when we really ramped up our tree division. Um, Alan, and, Alan at the time actually joined us um, as our general manager of arboriculture and he, he okay. drove that side of the business. Um, and to, to such an extent that it's now one of the biggest divisions within the company. Yep. Um, so, you know, th there was that. And then there was also the landscape construction, which we started doing. Um, and now we're even touching on the, on the civil stuff. Um, yep. And I think we needed to get it out there that, you know, we're, we're urbans and we do all these things. And it was about really clarifying all those service offerings. Are they all one company? All one company, all operating under the same yeah, ABM. So they'll get an invoice as Urban Vines Group or whatever it yeah. becomes. Yeah. It's just the visual. Absolutely. So putting it out there, this That's is so just, much cleaner because yeah. I imagine that would be a clerical nightmare to have all different. Oh yeah. No. So the so the, like I said, the Urban Virons Group is still the the statutory yeah. company. Um, Urban's um, is the, the nickname, yeah. the brand, yeah. and then each of the divisions has their. Um, yep. Individual brands based yep. on, you know. But they're all walk working towards the common company. And the Absolutely. Common goal. Yeah. Yeah. Is there much divide now from that? Or I guess it might be hard to answer because it's so early, but there's not an us and them like, well, that's not, that's landscape stuff. I'm not touching that. Like, yeah. is that a I, you know, I, I, I think it's actually assisted. Um, yeah. the, the team was part of the whole branding exercise, and I think that was really important. And yeah. like you said, it wasn't just a matter of deciding on a logo and sticking the logos. And we actually went through a whole exercise. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that actually brought the team together and uh, made them realise now more, more so than ever was how important it was for them to actually work as a team. Yep. You know, there's a lot of cross-sitting that takes place amongst the divisions. Yep. Um, and often we'll be doing a project where it involves our weed team, then our tree team, then our landscape construction yeah, team, and then our horticultural maintenance team. Because there's maintain. no defined line, is there? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I think more than anything, it's really, it's brought, brought them together. And I, and I think the, um, having them as their separate logos has also created the, a bit of competition. Which is not unhealthy. No, yeah. it's, and it's a healthy competition, yeah. How many staff are there now? Uh, 152 was the last count. Wow. Um, so yeah, so uh, back in 2006 when I joined, it was around about 55 staff. Yep. So we've more than more than doubled um, over the period. And of you're time. recruiting pretty heavily now. We are. Yeah. Are you struggling? We are. Yeah. yeah. It's not. You're not on an island there. I don't think. It's no, just... I think we. You know, we've we've got ads running across all of our divisions, yep. um, as as do our competitors. Yep. Um, and so I think you know people that are that are that are really well qualified um, and the top quality staff have got yep. can, can basically pick and choose yep. um, who they want to go and work for. I, did, I talked about, I do a lot of videos, I do a video every day and put it on YouTube and I talked about uh, very early in the piece choosing a good leader um, and the importance during this time to, when the market's buoyant you have all these opportunities and it's very easy for a weak business to pay good money because mm. there's so much money in the system even a bad business is going to profit sure. and to choose a good leader. What separates Urban Virons in your mind from any of your competitors in the work, like for these people that are looking for a job right now, like what's going to be the difference for them over the next 10 years of their career mm. if they chose Urban Virons versus yeah. XYZ Virons? Yeah. I think it's um, our ability to, to offer them opportunities amongst other divisions. So yep. often you'll find that whilst some of our competitors do have uh, do compete with us in many of our divisions, yep. um, we see ourselves as the only company in South Australia that offers all seven service offerings. Yep. Um, there's, there's, there's some that may offer four, there's some that may offer three, there's some that only focus on one. Yep. Um, so an opportunity for anybody coming into our organisation, whether it be as an apprentice or a trainee or even as a qualified person, yep. um, there's, a, there's, there's the, the potential for them, if they, for example, start in our, in our ARB division, the potential for them to transition into our landscape construction yep. division. And likewise, um, Within the seven divisions within yep. the company, so I think that's where it's the opportunity. Um, we, we've we've got what we call our uh, be skilled, um, which is also part of our new rebrand, which is a, a real focus on providing our staff opportunities to um, advance, to train, to upskill, um, and and we're happy to support them through that process. I'd say a business of your size has a responsibility to your own business, I guess, and to the industry as a whole to to train a lot. Like mm. when you've got that many staff, sure, you kind of a beast and you're chewing up humans like they're gonna, you're going to be training the future landscapers do you have trainees and is that something that you actually yeah absolutely doing? and so we've, we've got at the moment we've got a, about a combination of five trainees and apprentices on board yep. across the divisions yep. um but we're looking to employ more yeah um, like would, there's not a percentage goal or anything there um look right now if we could find you know five to ten apprentices that can come on board across all divisions we, yeah. we would take them yeah um you know for, for company you would know there's there's a lot of um grant money out there at the moment yep. um and so it, it it's a no-brainer yep. Yeah. Um, if you can, yeah. to give apprentices opportunities. Yeah, I haven't really looked at it. Um, I've been so head down just doing my thing that um, I met up with a guy recently who got a $1.2 million grant for something in recycling. And I was like, hmm, maybe we should start recycling stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, what can yeah. we do here? But yeah. I haven't looked at it, at it enough. Um, uh, earlier on, you talked about um, 
Leon obviously being someone that you go to as a mentor, is there anyone else that you look to, to for mentorship um, or for advice? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously it's tough at the top. There's not there's not a lot of places yeah. you can go. Yeah. Look, I um, I absolutely you need to have you need to surround yourselves with people outside of the business yeah. that can offer you advice and be that um, that that almost like a, a board where you can actually just talk freely and um, and just get uh, opinions of people in different businesses, um, yep. but obviously going through the same things. You know, I find that it doesn't matter what your business is, every business has similar issues in terms of, you know, people, finances, yep. um, all, all, all similar types of things. Yep. So I, I actually, um, I belong to two external um, groups. I belong to the um, CEO Institute, yep. um, where we have a group of um, eight to 10 people of, in, in CEO positions. We meet once, once a month. Yep. Um, and they'll get you know guest speakers in to come and talk about a number of uh, different subjects, and uh, it's a really really great opportunity to st and you get to know the people and you get to trust them, yeah. um, and it's just an opportunity for you to have that sounding board yeah. when you're going through change, when you've got issues within your business, um, yeah. and, and they're experienced yeah. um, operators. It's um, likely one of them has been through the same situation. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. Are you involved in the Australian Institute of Company Directors? I'm not. It is definitely something though that I've, I've, I've had a look at. Um, yeah. It's been suggested to me a number of times. It's probably something that I, that I need to look at doing. That's a selfish question. I've just joined and I'm looking at doing the course. Okay. And so I was just interested. To know oh that. no. So yeah. I think it's a great course. Yeah. I, the feedback that I've had from a number of people that have done yeah. it, um, it's, it, it's well worth doing. So yeah. maybe may joining you. I'm going to, I'm probably doing the September one. So okay. anyone that's watching that's, that makes no sense. So there's a, uh, in South Australia, there's an Australian Institute of Company Directors in South Australia. Or they actually, it's a national thing. Um, there's a course, it's ridiculous, $7,600 or something for a five-day course. Um, but it helps you understand your uh, statutory regulations and obligations around being a director or a board member, from what I understand. In, the, in addition to that, you meet potentially 10 or 12 people that can afford to go to a $7,000 course. So mm. the networking and potential is good for me. That's mm. probably more what I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pre-reading is an 1,100-page document, which I'm... Not, I'm trying to work out how to get someone to read that for me and, <laughs> and, and, and read it into my head. But anyway, um, so um, so you, obviously you can go to those people, you can, someone you can text at night and go, hey, did you, have you ever done this? Mm. Or who did you use? As, I'm assuming external consultants are coming in, like the rebranding, I'm assuming that was an external consultant. Yeah, yeah. so another, another group that I actually belong to is the Executive Roundtable. So I've got two that I attend. Um, yeah. They've also been, you know, both a bit different, um, but very helpful to me in my in, in my journey. Yep. Um, I was through the executive roundtable. I was actually introduced to a brand um, specialist, marketing and brand specialist, uh, Lowen Partridge um, from Pear Tree Branding. Yep. Um, and she basically w walked us through the whole process. And so, as I said, you know earlier, it involved our whole team. Yep. Uh, we basically got um, the team involved did some workshops um, and actually nutted out what it was, who, 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 who Urban Virons was as a company, as a persona as yep. such, and, and what, what our aspirations were. Um, and, and going through that journey step by step, um, it basically um, ended up in, in us, us coming up with, with the brand, yep. um, the name, and the look and feel yep. of the company. And we actually even included our entire, our entire staff in the process as well. You know, there was some of the workshops that we had, we got the whole staff complement there, right down to the field staff. How do you do that? You just shut it down? Oh, we, uh, Friday afternoon, three o'clock. Yep. 
um, you know, put on a bit of a bit of a barbecue. Yeah, because um, this is important. We want everyone yeah, to be involved. Yeah, absolutely. And we wanted the staff to understand the journey that we were going on and yeah. the reason why we were doing it, and, and we wanted them to have involvement in it. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, it was. I thought it was really good to do that. It's good. I, 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 I sometimes worry. Like I, I, I love to get everyone all hands, and we've got. Like railways is seven days a week, mm. so for us to do anything, even on a Sunday, would have to be, you know, it's at night kind of thing. So yeah. it's, um, my wife used to work at a law firm, and they'd just shut the building and go have lunch together. I'm like, what are you doing? You can't do that. Who's, yeah. Someone's going to work. <laughs> like, what's going on? But yeah. I guess that's probably more jealousy than, um, than me. Yeah, I just wish we could do it. So, um, are you a reader? Do you like? Are you, do, you, do you read fiction, non-fiction? Is it? I do. I do not enough, um, yeah. but I do try to every now and then um, get, get a book in. Yeah. Uh, I tend to try and um, include some some learnings out of it for myself. Yeah. So. Um, two of the books that I've recently read are um, the, uh, the, Nike, the the story of uh, the Nike Shoe Dog, Shoe Dog yep. which I found was really... The Phil Knight. Phil Knight, yep. that's correct, yes. It sounds like your taste for that kind of book's in line with mine. Like I've, I'm, I listen to audiobooks through Audible because mm. I, if I sit down and read actual document books, I start getting sleepy. I don't know if there's something with my brain, but yep. I'm fine listening. Um, and yeah, the, the Jack Ma story, so the Alibaba story, and then um, the Amazon story. Yeah. I think that's whatever that was called. But yeah, the, those kind of books are really interesting yeah, to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, get you, I guess you get business learnings out of it, but at the same time, it's, 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 it's very true to life because, yeah. you know, as a business, as running a business, you go through a lot of the things that they go through, so it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and so you can, you know, you can yeah, get, get, get some advice out of it. Um, also, inspiration, I guess. I find those sorts of stories quite inspiring. Yeah. yeah. I want to try and um, kind of bring as much value to the guys listening. There's obviously, like, a lot of our audience are going to be young businesses, and when I was in early stage businesses, um, potentially 20 staff down to two, um, five years down to none. Um, are you, I mean, do you stay across, like, I'm going to try and ask, I'll ask you questions around that and if you might be too disconnected from it yeah. to answer, but um, what, I mean, what are you seeing, if anything, in those kind of businesses that you would suggest could be done differently, like on a whole, um, are you across that, like are these young startups, you know, yeah, yeah. like we talk Look, about. I, I think um, it's, it's surrounding yourself, it, it comes down to what I said earlier about yeah. surrounding yourself with people that you can really trust. Yeah. So, you know, in, in the initial stages, it's having that really, really good external accountants. I think it's key, it's vital for any yeah. business. Um, and, and then, you know, getting a mentor. Uh, for any, any uh, person that wants to go down a path of, of becoming a, a very, very good leader, CEO, yeah. needs somebody that's been there and done that, yeah. I think. And so having a person that's perhaps been in that position that can yep. actually mentor you and guide you along the way. Yep. You know, so whether it's an individual that does that for you or whether you use a platform similar to um, a, a group yeah. where, you, where you meet with people and, yep. and, and, you know, and I guess, you know, network as much as you possibly can. Yep. Um, expose yourself to any opportunity that you possibly can to get out there and, and learn from people that have um, be, be, been exposed to business for many years. I think that that for me is really really important for any startup. Yep. Um, work hard. That's what it is. Put the hours in yeah. because that's what it takes. I think there's no shortage of work happening from a lot of these guys. I think mm. that sometimes it can be misdirected and it's just mm. um, you're very busy kind of doing nothing productive so that you can wear that badge that you've. Yeah. Well, I'm working hard, like, mm. and it might not be, the, I guess, the best. Um, yeah, I think it's really important um, to have a, a variety, surround yourself with um, a variety of people that yeah. have um, 
knowledge and experience in not just one area of business. So, you know, you mentioned earlier, you need somebody, you need somebody that's really onto sales and yeah. marketing and then somebody that's got the finance. Legal is always very, very important, but, you know, when, you, when you're growing a business, understanding your legal yeah. obligations and, and that HR thing, you know, it's massive in any business. Getting, getting somebody that has a really good understanding of HR um, is, is key, you know. Are you doing that internally? Yeah, so we have a we have an HR manager that manages all of <coughs> all of our internal um, HR issues yep. and stuff. Um, but then, if it, if need be, we do ex uh, you know engage an external industrial relations company that that does the the law side the of fun things. Stuff. Yeah, the fun stuff. Um, yeah. I had um, no, no, I don't think you'll mind me talking about this. I spoke to I did a podcast with Lachlan Jeffries Jeffries Group. Lachlan was obviously of the family that I bought railways from. And we talked about HR. Now they've got 70 staff and they don't have any HR internally. And I said to him, that's really weird. Like I'm looking forward to having a HR person so mm. I don't have to deal with it. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want a HR person because I want to deal with it. Do you have a position on that? Like, I guess, I, he, I think his argument was that if you get, if you have a HR person, sometimes it can be very easy for your management team to go pass it on to HR yeah. rather than trying to reconcile any issues at their level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we, we're, we're quite, um, we, the way we've got it set up is pretty good in that um, our HR person um, is an administrative uh, HR person. So yeah. she, whilst she does deal with um, the staff in the field, um, it, it, it is a responsibility of each of the uh, what we call field coordinators who, who are the direct reports of those field staff to deal with issues within yeah. their, their, their staff group. Um, our HR person also wears um, a, a, the systems hat and um, so I'll tell you what, if I, if I was doing HR I wouldn't have time to do anything else. No. Um, it's just also not only because of the issues, but because we, you know, the training and yeah. getting apprentices on recruiting. Yeah, it's not a negative yeah. thing. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of actual onboarding yeah. and recruitment. Yeah, and, yeah and so because we're trying to engage staff um, in training programs and getting them, you know, to, to so there's there's a lot of administrative work yeah. around that. Um, yeah, it makes sense. So I, so yeah, I, I think I think it's absolutely vital. You know, when you get beyond, I would say, you know, forty or fifty staff, that I think it's be my next question. Yeah. Yeah. So, five million dollars internal accountant. Yep. Forty to fifty staff internal HR. Absolutely. I wonder at what point you need internal legal. Well, we haven't got to that point. Three hundred. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. You need um, enough money to be covering some someone to read every contract. The same goes with, with with systems. Yeah. You know, at what point do you get to where you actually need an internal systems person to look off your system, systems? Everything in business nowadays is driven yeah. by systems. Well. Not this business, but yeah, well, <laughs> we have uh, systems. They're just not documented. Yeah, but uh, but uh, it's it's an yeah. important uh, function, and so you know we currently again we, we use external consultants for yeah. our technical assistance when it comes to systems. Yeah. Um, I guess there comes a point in time with any business where you have to make that call and say we well, need to. Yeah. I just don't want to spend the money, but <laughs> <laughs> I know that we need to. My wife um, is now working for the business but her career was as an assistant in a law firm that worked in workplace law and represented defended against work cover and everything and she's like you need to do this you need to do this you need to do yeah. this I'm like, yeah yeah yeah. we've got to sell more stuff first so that's yeah. like i'm very so you're probably very risk averse and the accountant side of you is like all right we're just going to take care of this i'm like sure. sell more stuff <laughs> make more money first, <laughs> make more yeah. money then we'll spend it on stuff yeah so um what did you want to be when you when you grew up like as a kid in south africa what was the goal uh, a professional tennis player was my was my dream. What just didn't have the backhand or? I, 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 look, I've always been really sporty growing yep. up, um, and so 
it, you know, I, was, I was a swimmer. I started off, um, my whole family were, were competitive swimmers, so I started yeah. out swimming. From the age of six, I was in the pool and, you know, uh, training twice a day. So, yeah. And I did that until I was about 14. So I was, a, and I've always, I always had a, a love of the game of tennis. And yeah. so um, when, I, when I gave up swimming, um, decided that, you know, it was my time to, to play tennis and, you know, quite quickly um, progressed. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was playing at, at a national level. So I, I thought I was good enough. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, whilst I loved the sport, I, I still had a, a bit of an academic side to me. So I wanted, I, I wasn't just purely focused on sport. I, I, I was still, you know, quite um, quite conscientious when it came to, um, to my, my academic side of things. And so when I, when I got to the end of my school years, um, you know, I, I guess I could have made the decision then uh, if I wanted to take a, a sort of a gap year and focus on, on tennis. Um, but I don't, think I, I don't think I was probably good enough to do that. I, you know, could have given it a try. I was, I was up there, but, um, you know, it's tough, tough to get, um, to make it in, in the world of sport. You've got to be really, yeah. really on top of your game. You've got to have, again, you've got to have those support structures um, around you. And so I just made the decision then that, you know, I'd still continue playing tennis, and I did. Um, but but focused on on my academic side. So you're still pretty active now, like you still. I haven't I haven't actually something. played for a while. It's just just too too busy. Yeah. Um, but I, but I, you know I still love the game and, and watch a lot of tennis and would love to get out there. And I, when I first arrived in Australia, I joined a club and, and played you know yeah. league and, and club level tennis and yeah. probably something that I'd like to get back into again. How much do you work? Um, look, I try. I, I, Probably doing anything upwards of sort of 50, 50 to sixty hours. I, I never switch off, yep. you know. So whilst I might not necessarily be sitting at my desk in the office, um, I, 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 you know, either you're out on the road or you, you may be at home, but you, I'm always working. Yeah. You know, whether it's sitting in front of my computer, yep. whether it's researching on my phone, whether yeah. it's responding, whether it's on yeah. looking on LinkedIn. Um, Saturday, Sunday, you know, so when I'm actually sitting doing work, I try to be really good, you know, because obviously you've got to be mindful of your of that work-life balance. But you would know, as, as, a, as a business owner, yeah. you'd never, ever switch off. I don't want to switch off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, That's it's right. not, uh, it's going to be, a, it's, it'll be a health issue at some point. Mm. But I think, I just love it, so it's not, it's not like, if I, if I have spare time, I choose to do stuff for the business. Mm. Like, yeah. I, my wife makes jokes of it and she's like, you can go to work if you want. I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. This is like yeah. on a Saturday. I'm like, all right, you sure? And she's mm -hmm. like, yeah. So off I go. Um, so if I was a genie, a magic fairy genie from the future and I came and said, all right, Belinda, you've done your accounting and you've got this job and all that, but you can choose to do any job in the world. I'll cover all your education and flick of the fingers, you've moved to that country, you're doing that role, You've got the full qualification. Would you do something different, and if so, what would it be? Absolutely not. Uh, let me tell you now. Australia is the best country in the world to live in. I've been there, done that. Um, you know, growing up in South Africa and, and seeing how things have progressed in South Africa. It's still a beautiful country. It's still, um, you know, part of my upbringing, and I love the country. But um, I would not want to live in any other country in the world. Australia, um, you know, just just the way that. Um, we've gone through the whole COVID crisis, um, and it's been, the country's been good to me. Um, you know, South Australia in particular accepted me, um, and you know I've, I've been given great opportunities here. The opportunity that I've been given at Urban Environs through working closely with Leon, 
Um, and the team that I've got surrounded, uh, that I'm surrounded by now, I, I'm much the same as you. I love going to work. You, know, you I lo- wouldn't I love be a professional tennis player? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm beyond that now. You know, I, no, but um, you, I'm a magic genie. I just yeah. <laughs> send you, send you I, I absolutely, <laughs> I, I absolutely love what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm much like you. you know, I think and, even being a professional tennis player right now would suck. Yeah, absolutely. Like, imagine travelling the world, going into lockdowns, going, yeah. playing to no crowds. Like, I think it would be really challenging. It like, would be. We're yeah. very lucky to be able to continue to do what we do in SA. Yeah effectively untouched yeah like yeah you know for me coming to work every day is not like it's coming to work no. it's, it's coming it's going to a place yeah. that I'm passionate about yeah. um, and um, you know it's, it's working with a team um, that are dedicated to to our company and, it, and it, that, that is great what's your staff turnover like is it is it low like, I mean for the right roles obviously you're gonna get people that come yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, um, you know, we've had, like I say, we've had our, our, our ups and downs, we've had staff come and go. Um, you know, culture is a really important thing for us, and sometimes people just do not fit the culture. Yep. We've, we've found over the last, you know, 18 months to two years, um, since we've gone through this whole growth phase, yep. um, there's been some people that have... Because there's have, been a lot of, I guess, from the outset, it looks like a lot of people left and a lot of people came come in, in, and you've yeah. just got this real nice, I think... I said to a lot of people, if you haven't set your team right now in the mm. commercial landscape space, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, I think going through the whole branding process was an eye opener for a lot of people. I think, and you know, when we when we worked with with this person, she said to us, "Look, you're going to probably find that some people are going to jump off the bus, yeah. and they're going to think like, you know, this is like yeah. like we, where we've been, but yeah. don't necessarily like where we're going." Yeah. Um, and that was the case. You know, there, there were a couple of people that decided that it just wasn't for them. Um, you know, we, we, we're the business that we are in working in now is we're we're driving. We want to be we want high performers on board. Yeah. Um, and there's just some people, and no disrespect to them, that yeah. that felt that it just wasn't for yeah. them. It's not for everyone. I mean, that's yeah. the beautiful thing about the world. We've got such a diverse range of people, and everyone wants and need different things. And yeah. you know, they Absolutely. have a place in the world. I talk about it um, a lot, and I don't. I, I my staff haven't grabbed onto it enough. But I'm saying, like, if you don't want to work here and there's another place in the world that you'd like to work, come and talk to me about it. Mm. Not only will I support you in help, like letting you go to job interviews during work hours, because what do you think about like, they're, otherwise they're just gonna call in sick to go to an interview. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. So if you don't fit the culture or you know it's too professional or not professional enough or mm. you wanna change careers, I know a lot of people Yeah. let me do it. And I really want them to, I wanna get one or two of them to do it mm. and actually come to me and say, hey, I'm not happy. Mm. Um, it's not you, it's not the business, it's me. I've just got some shit going on yeah. and I'm, I wanna go live in WA I'm like cool I know sure. some people let me make a call for you mm. and until you find a job you can stay here and yeah. as soon as you get the job you can leave yeah I think if we can start getting that to happen and I, I that think that, culture, that, that's a that's a great way yeah, yeah. to get the best out of people but staff won't believe it no, no they're like no way you'll just fire me I'm yeah. like I will not like I promise like yeah. you just need to trust me but sure. until one or two do it and I prove it and help them find a job it's just gonna be yeah. this kind of like yeah you're just saying that to to kind of Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. want people here if they're not happy. Like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you. you, you I've seen it firsthand. That yeah. if somebody's not happy in their job, that they yeah. just do not perform. No. They can't cope. Yeah. Um, it makes them unhappy, and it makes people around yeah. them unhappy, and, and it affects home, the team. Yeah. It really does. So, so you know, you've got to you've got to want to be there. You've yeah. got to you've got to want to be part of the team, and you've got to be you've got to you've got to understand where the bus is going. Yeah. And. I'm, I'm happy for anybody to jump off the bus if yeah. they don't want to be there, and, and like you say, I'll support them through that. Yeah. There's, a, there's a perfect role for everybody out there, yeah. and it, not, it may not be within our organisation, no. but um, and I'm happy to support that. And with the internet now, those roles are so easy to find. Mm. So um, that's it for my questions. Um, actually, no, I have one more question. What accounting package do you guys run? 
So we, uh, back in 2000, we, we used to use Myob, yep. um, but we just found that it wasn't sufficient for our needs as we were growing. And yep. so we transitioned to a Pronto ERP yep. system back in 2017. Is that open source? Like, can it be edited or it's just... It's no, it's a, it, yeah. so you, you can either have a, what they call a, a version that sits on a... Um, a mainframe or a cloud version. I think yeah. majority of, of companies are now moving down the cloud path. Yeah. Uh, and look, another reason why we moved for that was because we had Maya, but then we also had a couple of other systems that didn't really talk to each other. And, yeah. we, and we, so we ended up with four or five systems and everybody having their own yeah. processes um, of doing things. And so we thought we wanted what we call a single point of truth, yeah, which is, and everything is under the one banner. Uh, it's not an easy transition, let me tell you. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it, pe people get comfortable and they don't yeah. like change and moving across to a new system is not easy. Yep. There's a lot of onus that, that's put back onto the staff to, to train yeah. and to test. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, we, we went live and uh, we thought the wheels were going to come off. Um, yeah. But, you know, we, we worked through it and, um, and yes, we've been using the system now for Coming, coming up for three years and, and it works well for us, yeah. That's good. Um, so I guess in closing, I want you to kind of, so we've talked about the, the direction for Urban's now, so it's gonna be just solid growth, recruitment, expansion potentially, yep. even to regional? Oh, absolutely, yep. yeah. Yeah, that's definitely on the cards. I mean, I don't think you can be naive to think that you can only ever stay in, in yep. one state. Yep. Um, you know, we have, a, we have a lot of competitors that have uh, presence um, interstate, and I, yep. and I think it's something that we definitely will look to in, in, into the future, for right. sure. To, to, to obviously, you know, you can only, you can grow, and you can grow so much within South Australia. Yep. Um, and so if we want to take, once we've done that, and we feel that we've maximised the, those opportunities, whilst we still will consolidate, and that the, the opportunities interstate, uh, I'm sure, will come and we'll look into. Yep. And for anyone that's looking to get in touch, obviously this there'll be a hundred people that watch this. Um, if they're if they're looking to reach out, is your best on LinkedIn? Like if they want to get yeah, in touch absolutely, with you and, just, and just get pointed in the right direction. Sure, touch base. Obviously, on there's a team of people underneath you that are going to handle any construction or weeding or yep. arbor culture. But yes. you're happy for people to reach out to. Yeah, LinkedIn? absolutely, no problems at all. Oh, yeah, cool. love that. Well, thank you for accepting this to do this. Um, I'm not sure if that squeaking that's out there is getting picked up by the audio but if it is i'm really sorry to everyone that's listening um we might have to move this podcast back to kent town where it's much more pleasant i've got an empty building sitting in kent town where okay. we used yeah i'm trying to rent it out it's, anyway whole other story um so thanks for tuning in uh if you're if you enjoyed this please give it a like on the youtube if you've watched it there um if you're listening to the audio we'd love a review um i'll link up all urban Byron's details in the notes from in the youtube um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in.